0: よ many 帰り道夢にまで見たような世界はある
1: We certainly, <laughs> I, I don't know how to start this podcast after those videos. This this is a
2: very strange energy to be
1: going into this.
2: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Those were beloved commercials for children from the early 90s and late 80s. I
1: I mean, I guess how else was I supposed to know I'm not supposed to, supposed to put poison in my mouth? Or allow yourself
2: to get your arm torn off by
1: machinery. I I don't want to get my arm torn off by machinery. <laughs> Good. I I do. B- before we get started, I want to give like just a very slight warning. It, it's not even like it, it's barely a thing in this episode. But I do want to like give a warning for like arachnophobia in this first episode. Um, it, it, it's it's very very brief, but um, yeah. No, I just wanted to give a brief heads up on that. Uh this is It'll Wash Out a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co-host Sina and I'm your co-host Sam. Sam these episodes were nothing. They they were really nothing.
2: Like time for backstory.
1: <laughs> it really was just time for backstory. Um
2: <laughs> Well, we had a we had a fight. We had a tense situation in one episode that took up 3 quarters of it. And then there was a fight that took up the rest. I... I, I guess. Let's just... Let's, let's hop right into it. <laughs> uh,
1: We're starting this week with episode 104, which is titled 10th Division's Death Struggle, the Release of Hyor and Maru. Which, yeah, like, that, that's, that fits, I
2: guess. That is what the entire episode is about, so yeah.
1: Yeah, no, like, this one's okay. We open on Koga taking down, like, just a bunch of dudes. Uh, He takes one temporarily hostage while he releases Dulk. Uh, And then Matsumoto's headpiece cuts to static. And she's like, what? Where are you? What's going on? And Hitsugaya's like, okay, well, something's going on, so we have to hurry on after that. Uh, They come across a group of Shinigami who have been defeated but are still alive. And then Hitsugaya says he's going after the enemy and calling the med squad. Renshi and Kurodo show up, they make a gag about Hitsugaya carrying Kurodo, and then decided Matsumoto gets to carry him. Kurodo boob joke, moving on. Hitsugaya and Matsumoto land on a rooftop, and Kurodo confirms that they're headed into the right area. Matsumoto calls more groups to get them to block off roads, while Koga and Doc discuss what to do. Kurodo more directly locates Koga, stating his spiritual pressure has weakened and he is on the move, and then Hitsugaya has an idea. Gotta be real. I don't care about any of this.
2: Yeah, it's mostly to show us that, hey, at least one of these squads isn't completely dysfunctional and able to work in a military-like manner.
1: Yeah, like, they're effective-ish, except for the fact that they all get taken down.
2: Yeah, it's just not, like, interesting visually or story-wise.
1: It would be more interesting if this wasn't what happened for basically the
2: entire episode <laughs> right we're well we're mostly talking around it or like men- like resu- uh, resuming it super fast but ba- essentially hitsugaya and rankiku are on the rooftop and they're giving orders to the various like sub squads in their squad and they're like making them surround and get closer to koga to find him and yeah. he's like hiding occasionally he jumps out and takes out a group and then he keeps running around
1: that That is, like, basically 80% of this episode is that. Uh, it, it, it's, like, it's fine. It's not, like, the worst I've ever seen, but it's just not interesting. Uh, we do get a shot of Koga and Dalk as they walk through some underground tunnels, and Dalk is, like, complaining about not getting to let loose more. Koga remains serious, stating that they have to go after Karya, and Dalk is like, oh, what's going on with you and Karya? Did you get into a fight? And Koga's like, no. We just have a difference in the way we live.
2: She's like, oh, you're not using an honorific for his name this time around. Did you two fight?
1: Yeah, like, I, I do like that she picks up on that. And I do, like, still like Dalk. Uh, it It's just like, I, I don't know. They, I, I feel like they kind of just, like, made Koga just this for his character trait and i'm like okay all right i guess this is where we're going uh they hide as some soul reapers run through the tunnel and dalk asks if he plans to keep running he says no and that they have to break through and strike no matter what uh we cut back to matsumoto and Hitsugaya as she confirms his suspicions that koga is underground and he states that koga will probably surface once he notices the soul reapers uh, so, of course, Matsumoto instructs more groups to head to the underground as backup, but then the group encounters Dalk. She instructs them to lead her somewhere, but they're quickly taken out before she and Hitsugaya can even get there. Kroto states it seems the battle ended with their loss, and Hitsugaya is like no shit, and then instructs all squads to hold back and wait for backup. All uh, right. Th- th- this is basically like I know. I know we said it. This is basically most of the episode. Like it's just this back and forth. Like I I, I got like two more paragraphs of this. I- well, actually no, I got like one more paragraph of this.
2: I mean, if you want, we could also just say the search rages and then go on to when the <laughs> in- episode gets more interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Like the the search rages on and then. Eventually, like Hitsugaya is like, okay, well, the deal is, he is probably wanting me to come alone, so I'm gonna give him what he wants, and I'm gonna go fight this bounty alone. Uh, Matsumoto tells him to be careful, and the captain heads off. Uh, he does find Koga, uh, like almost immediately. Uh, like, I, I, it's unclear if like some time has passed or not. It's just like literally the next shot Hitsugaya has found Koga. Uh, And he. Koga tells him that he had held back on the other Shinigami since he doesn't want to hurt young people. Hitsugaya thanks him for that, but is like, I'm not going to be holding back though, so you shouldn't hold back on me either. And then the two begin to fight. Dolk seems ready to play, and Hitsugaya just wastes zero time going right for her and cutting off her head. She splits into like several different balls, and she does form a web and temporarily catches him, but he breaks through by freezing her. Uh, She's slowed down, still moving, though, and she rolls Hitsakaya off the roof, which is a baffling sequence, honestly. Like, she just, like, he's on his side, and she just rolls him down the roof and off of it.
2: (laughs) Oh, no, she's trying to stab him while he's on the ground. He rolls off the roof to dodge her.
1: Okay, I completely misinterpreted this, because the animation during this entire episode was not very good.
2: Yeah, it's not entirely clear, but yeah, because he, he just gets... Like, Koga actually fights at the same time as his as his doll, so he gets kicked in the stomach by Koga, falls down, and then she's like, oh, stabby stabby. And yeah, he's like, mm, it- you know what? I prefer my chances not here.
1: okay. So, he, like, rolls off the roof, and then, you know, Hyoran Mario, like, saves him. You know, classic Ice Dragon move. Uh, my Uh The thing here is, like, Koga is fighting alongside Dalk, but he's more, like, trying to stop her from fighting, because, you know, she's weakened, and he's like, No! My precious Pokémon! I must protect you! <laughs> and you know he he's like please return to me but she's like no I'm gonna fight Hitsugaya cause my heart burns too strong to get frozen by this ice and I'm like okay whatever you say Dulc. Uh and she just gets like absolutely fucking devastated by Hitsugaya's ice dragon just like absolutely
2: owned like she gets frozen and then shattered two pieces
1: yeah <laughs> It was honestly kind of funny. Um, Doc apologizes- Like, I I have to make it clear here, I did not write it in my notes, but at this point, like, (laughs) Koga just starts holding her frozen, severed head, (laughs) and it starts apologizing- Like, Doc starts apologizing to him, but as any Pokemon trainer should, Koga tells her that she did very well. (laughs) dog thinks him Steve that she was glad to be with him and then her head cracks into nothingness.
2: Yeah, cuz this whole sequence essentially he's saying, "Hey, you're like frozen and can't move properly. You should like go away for a bit, get rid of that and then come back in." Whereas she's like one, "Don't fucking assume that I'm going to lose. I'm I'm a I'm a strong independent doll." Two, "If I'm not here, he's going to freeze you." <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, it makes sense why she continues to fight, but it's just very silly. Like, it, 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 it's contrived the right word here. Like, her her death does not feel earned to me. It feels very sudden and just like, it, it feels like it just kind of happened because they were like, oh, well, we have to kill off this character.
2: I suppose they wanted to give her a dramatic moment because, like, she's the one doll that has a personality outside of a fight. Because all the other dolls each have a personality, but none of them had personality outside of their encounters.
1: Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Hitsugaya states that he heard that Bounce disappear when they lose their doll, so he asks why Koga's still alive. And then Koga just, like, does not answer and goes into a short monologue about how his role in the tribe was to train young people into fully-fledged Bounce. There were some who grew up well and others didn't. And is just like, what the fuck are you on about? And Koga's like, oh, I just remembered something from my past. And his guy is like, this doesn't answer my question.
2: <laughs> he literally says that doesn't answer my question.
1: <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Uh, Koga says he's fine because Dulk isn't dead. And he recalls her into her core form, which is a battle axe. Which I didn't know this like was a thing that could happen because none- like, I'm pretty sure none of the other dolls have this kind of thing. Like, I know they have, like, crests, but this is not a crest. This is just a battle axe.
2: It's it's not that her core form is a battle axe. It's that he takes her core form, which is still around. Because her whole thing is she can split into a billion pieces. So mm. even though she gets shattered into a billion pieces, she's not dead. She's just, like, unconscious. Um. Uh, And then Koga, being the one who trained countless other people on how to, like, summon and control their dolls, has more control over his doll, so he can, like, control her even when she's unconscious. So he, like, picks up the pieces, fuses them all into an axe, and then he's, like, her core is inside this axe.
1: Yeah, okay. That makes more sense. I I think I I did start watching a uh, different, like, sub this week, because, like... Uh Netflix only has through this season, I was like I need to start getting used to a different sub so it might have just been a translation thing I don't know, but that that does make sense Uh Koga does tell Hitsugaya that it seems he can't go on any further without using his full strength and he's like, I have something I must do and I will eliminate you if you continue to stand in my way and then he's just like, quite a bit of Dalk's energy is still in this axe and t- to make sure you die, I'm gonna pump my spiritual pressure into it and strike you down. And then he pulls all the reishi from the nearby buildings, powering up, and guy's like, well, fuck, dude. And he just activates his Bankai in response.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, we're doing this, are we? <laughs>
1: yeah, it- it's like... is like, completely nonplussed, like, this entire fight. It's, it's kind of absurd. But... Koga goes in for a big strike, and they clash, and then there's, like, a somewhat flashy fight sequence. Like, it's it, it, cool in premise, but like, the execution leaves, like, a bit to be desired, honestly. Uh, for me, at least. Um, and, basically, guy, makes a bunch of ice pillars, and uh, they, like, jump off the pillars and, you know, are, like, fighting back and forth. And, like, it, it, it's cool an idea, it's just, like, it could have been better. Um, They end up, like, kind of in a standoff, like, in the middle of all these pillars. Uh, And Koga starts gathering more reishi, and then he just, like, starts shaking, and he's like, I have to go after Karia. And is like, buddy, you just absorb so much reishi, your body cannot endure that. Like, you're going to die. And Koga's like, well, fuck, I guess I'll just have to settle this while my body lasts then. And, you know... Then the sad Bleach music starts playing, and Koga charges in, and just immediately gets cut down with total ease, Dalk breaks, and Koga's like, this is it then, I lose. And Hitsukai is like, what did you plan to do upon reaching Karya? Koga's like, I couldn't do anything, but we were having a dispute. (laughs)
2: Yeah, he's like, I wouldn't be able to do anything if I reached him. Like, he's real far gone. But it doesn't fucking matter. It, this is between me and him. Shh, fuck you.
1: It's. It's on. Like, I could not help but, like, laugh at this whole scene. Because it's. It's, like, the most underwhelming fight this could have been. It's literally about, like,. 30 seconds of flashy fighting, and then suddenly Koga's like, Alright, I'm gonna gather more Reishi. And then he gathers too much Reishi, and then he just like gets completely and totally destroyed, just like his doll did.
2: Uh, It it is underwhelming. Yeah, well, it's like at the point when he basically at the point where he gathers Reishi, it's because he's wounded and effectively can't fight anymore. But he's like, Well, I'm just gonna gather more energy then. And it's like, Yeah it'll let you fight a little bit more but more like two or three seconds worth yeah <laughs> and and then Hitsukai just like slices him and it's a slice so power it like the slice itself looks flimsy but then it kind of zooms out and it's like oh but also it's strong enough to basically level the entire fucking district they're in
1: yeah the classic captain move
2: yeah and then Koga's got like this really cool looking frozen wound in his belly yeah <laughs> it looks
1: really good it does look really good. Like, the the frozen wound is honestly probably the best-looking part of this episode, if I'm being honest. But, like, you know, so, sometimes what can you do? Um, the sad mu- Bleach music continues to play, uh, and Hitsugaya asks where Koga had planned to go. And Koga turns around, and he simply responds with... A future with no wars, before stepping backwards about two steps and being like, alright, this is the place I'm supposed to die, and then he falls over and gets crushed by icy rubble. <laughs> and then the episode just ends.
2: Yeah, and we immediately follow this somber, sad moment with a post-credit scene where Khan reappears as at the edge of soul society and we get like a flashback of him dressed as a samurai leaving behind a crying waitress and he's like i will never forget the days we've spent together (laughs) and then he gets hit in the face by a big sign that says khan you're disappearing
1: christ it it was a bit like i i didn't really care one way or the other towards this i wasn't like upset that I was getting a Cone bit because it wasn't, like, super horny, but I also wasn't, like, laughing. I just thought it was okay.
2: They really could have just left him in the human world.
1: Like, they, they really didn't, they didn't do
2: anything with him.
1: It, it really... I, I know. It's like, why Why bring Cone here? Like, it, it makes no sense. They... I don't know.
2: I don't know. Like, the only reason he's here is because they wanted to make the joke that he chose to come to a battle fi- uh, fight scene instead of staying at home with the Karakura Rangers. And then they were like, oh, right, that means we have to keep having him in Soul Society. I. What if we just immediately write him out and we only make him show up again at the end? It's,
1: like, on one hand, kind of hilarious that they just, like, wrote him out so soon, but on the other, it's like, there was no point to this, like god (laughs) i i I really just like i don't want to be negative on this episode because like there there is stuff in it overall that i'm like this could be really good but it's just like this episode is filled with so much squandered potential that it's hard not to be negative on it you know
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i don't know that that's just me (laughs) do you want to cut to break Let's get the break.
2: Let's get back into it with episode 105, Cardiac. Countdown to the detonation Hisugaya returns to his barracks to the delighted surprise of his subordinates he says he won and also by the way the whole fro- the whole district he fought at is like completely fr- fucking frozen over so he's like uh yeah why don't you go af- why don't you go there after it melts so to see if you can find a body so we can bury him respectfully but also we're not saying he's dead until we find a body. Uh, (laughs) which like
1: why is decision but also the
2: bounce disappear (laughs) well he doesn't know that bounce disappear when they die presumably he totally does he said it last episode he
1: he literally said I heard that bounce disappear when their doll dies
2: true but he also but he doesn't know if if Koga's dead fair and he's like listen if we don't have you know we'll find his clothes or something if you don't find <laughs> proof of death, he's probably alive. He knows how this works out. He also knows that Bount can heal themselves. This is true. So he goes inside, and he's like, oh, turns out Ichigo brought his buddies over so that Ishida could heal up. Um, Ichigo starts the conversation by pissing him off, by calling him Toshiro without the captain title, of course. And then the mod souls all all like chime in, and they're like, oh, we don't have anywhere to crash inside the Serete, like we don't have a home base. And Claude was already with Ragiku, so you know, we all decided to like gather up at the same place.
1: <laughs> I I mean, where else are you gonna crash, honestly?
2: What are we gonna do? Go to go to 11 squad? <laughs> Hell no, Zaraki might come back anytime.
1: I I think it'd be incredibly funny if they went to 11 squads, like barracks and just like Ichigo's just like sleeping, and Kampachi's like, "Hey, let's fight!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> classic Kampachi.
2: Classic Kenpachi. Uh So Ishida is like wounded to the point where he's essentially bedridden. Well, they put him on the floor, but he is bedridden, and they just they don't have any healers on hand. Like Orihime's is still outside the Serete, healing Judanbo. The fourth squad is, or like, well, we'll send someone over eventually in a couple of hours because we're so busy. Uh, Hitsugai is like, hey, take it easy like, we've gotten a bunch of reports of various people killing Bounce so the only one left is Kariya." and just as they're kind of wondering what to do next Kita shows up with Orihime because, <laughs> hey, remember when like 10 episodes ago, Kira was like hey, what do you want us to do? Hitsugai told him, guard the gate so when Orihime was done and was like, well done the healing, hey gate guards, let me in well, it was Kita <laughs> that was there I I just
1: I really love that uh, the characters here are just like, hey! I, it would be really nice if the writers hadn't like written Orihime out of the season, and then Orihime comes in as like, hey! I've been written back into the season. <laughs> it, it's incredibly funny interaction, but I, I I did watch this episode dubbed for whatever fucking reason. Um, very very weird translation choice uh, because Orihime is literally like I didn't know where exactly to find you and immediately like there's no pause just immediately after like Kira's like luckily I knew exactly where to find you <laughs>
2: it's like okay God. <laughs> everyone are basically like well Ishida's like oh, I want to yeah hell yeah Orihime's here to heal me I can get back in the fight and Araki was like well slow down Slow the fuck down. Everyone, it's late. Everyone's exhausted. Just take the night to rest. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Kari is the only one left. And Kira's like, oh, also, basically the only squad that's at full strength is squad 11. Like, they, because, turns out, Tochiro never gave them any orders <laughs> when everyone <laughs> was scrambling around. And they weren't part of any of, like, the pre- the other attacks. So they've just been, like late they've just been being lazy the entire day so now they're like hell yeah we can we could go do shit what's
1: <laughs> was, was hitsugaya ever put back in charge because like i remember like five or six episodes ago yamamoto was just like and hitsugaya is no longer in charge like I, I was confused about this, because I'm like, why is he ordering around Squad 11 if he's not in charge anymore? What's going on?
2: Yeah, well, it's like, he's he wasn't in charge anymore, but he was still, as a captain, giving orders to various squads that didn't have their captains with them. Fair. Like, because he was ordering Renji around, he was ordering Kira around, uh, and, you know... I guess he just wasn't aware that Zoraki wasn't with the squad, so he didn't send them any orders. And then Zoraki ended up going off on his own. <laughs> so the entire squad was like, I guess we're drinking sake today, boys.
1: <laughs> God. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It's just wild.
2: We cut to Ikaku and Yumichika, who are just like hanging out with their squad, looking around the serete, and they're like, Well, with everyone else tired out, it means we can do whatever the fuck we want if we find the bound. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Immediately cut back to Yamamoto's office where Nanao shows up with a message from Kiyoraku and Ukitake. And she's like, hey, uh, Kari is not bluffing. One. But two, he would have needed an entire day to set up the explosion. And whoops, I guess I was right last week. Yeah. <laughs> Points for Bleach. Well done. The, they took the thing that, like, I was like, you know, it would be really cool if this happened. And then Bleach was like, actually, it did happen. We just didn't spell it out for you immediately.
1: Yeah, no, like, I when, when this happened in the episode, I was like, oh, okay, that makes me like that more. <laughs> like, it, 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 it's retroactively making a thing better, but, you know, points. It, it gets points here.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yamamoto basically says, well, shit, guess I have to send urgent orders to everyone then. And we immediately cut to, like, Squad 10 having a cookout or something? <laughs> and Isane uh, showed up from Squad 4, and she's like, Hey, um, Hitsugaya, just so you know, you're basically the only captain on call. <laughs> like, I wrote down on the side, I was I was like, is that true? And then I wrote down, like, every captain. I'm like, okay, Yamamoto's giving the orders. Soifan's still recuperating. Uh, Gin is not there and defected. Unohana yeah. is like healing the wounded. Aizen's obviously not there. Biakya isn't mentioned, but he was pretty fucked up last time. Was he that fucked up? He was pretty fucked up. He was he was like fucked up in a way that he likes to pretend that he wasn't fucked up. But he was all but he was a, like severe. Blah, blah, blah. He had a bunch of bandages on. Okay. And and like Isani also just doesn't mention him so. I don't know, maybe he's not fucked up at all, but she doesn't mention him. Uh, Komomura is acting as Yamamoto's bodyguard. For whatever reason, I guess. I guess! <laughs> yeah. Kyoraku and Ukitake are still researching shit in the library. Uh, Tozen's gone, of course. Hitsugaya is present. Soraki's lost in the goddamn woods, and Mayuri's out of action. And that's all 13 captains.
1: Is Komamura acting as Yamamoto's bodyguard? Because if so, he's doing a piss-poor job, because I did not see him once in this episode.
2: Yeah, because no one showed up next to Yamamoto. (laughs) He's doing his job perfectly. Did you see Yamamoto get hurt?
1: (laughs) I guess not.
2: (laughs) Boom. Perfect bodyguard. God. (laughs) Which is weird, because this is like, one of the few characters who we know what what his bankai is. Yeah! So you you could feasibly put him in a fight.
1: You could have put him in a fight, and I honestly would have loved that. Like, that would have been great. I would have much rather have seen Kamamura fight than fucking Mayuri.
2: The next morning, with the sun rising on the Seirete, Katia's overlooking the city, and then is startled when someone shows up on the same roof behind him. It's Rantao, and she's got a gun.
1: She does have a gun, though.
2: <laughs> as soon as he's like, wait, who the fuck is back there? She starts lobbing these, like, keto grenades from the gun. <laughs> which is great. <laughs> uh, like, he has- He starts running and dodging, like, all the explosions. He tries blocking a hit, and it's like, completely blows off his uh, his coat and exposes his tattoo. Which makes Rontau recognize him. Uh, and then, th- this ca- this happens a little bit later, but- we do get confirmation, yes, he actually does regenerate the fucking trench coat. Thank god.
1: <laughs> Honestly, incredible. I love that we actually get, like, as brief as it is, I'm really glad we got to see Tau fight a little bit, and I'm really glad she just has this weird keto grenade gun.
2: Because <laughs> she shows up and she's like, I'm gonna save the battle. <gasps> and she's like, oh my god. She's more aggressive than Ishida, which is hilarious.
1: It is honestly astonishing.
2: Now, with Rantao, like, seeing the the tattoo on Karya, she recognizes who he is, and we get some flashbacks, where after the original experiment failed, uh, her group and the Bount were sent to the human world, or her group was sent to the human world, where they found the various Bount who tried to live with humans and would eventually be persecuted rent out at the time tried to get close to them because she was feeling guilty. She rounded them up, helped them build a community and then said, hey, I'm gonna go petition soul society on your behalf Unfortunately as soon as she got back she was she was basically like told hey um, everything about the experiments and the bounce are going to be buried and in history and they just they straight up say like it's in the text they're like we don't care about them because they can never reach us. Like, they could never actually get to Soul Society. But also, it would be bad, I guess, if they upset the balance in the human world. So, time to capture and kill them!
1: Yeah... I... I, It's just, like, the, the fact that, um... The fact that Soul Society in the first place was like, we're gonna put them on Earth, like, the more this season goes on, the less that rings, like, as a, like, okay thing for them to have done. As in, like, not that it was acceptable, but, like, I, I mean more of that it doesn't really make sense considering Soul Society's whole point is to make sure, you know, the balance between worlds is, like, maintained. And it's like, hmm, this new uh, species we have created, uh, why, why don't we just put them on Earth? I'm sure nothing will go wrong. And then ten seconds later, things go wrong, and they're like, well, shit,
2: gotta kill them. And I'm like, okay. Okay. All right, Soul Society. Soul Society doesn't put the bounce on Earth. It's an experiment happens, it affects some of the souls, and those souls are born on Earth as bounce.
1: Right. Okay. Right. Yes, you are right, actually.
2: Yeah, and then Soul Society says, well, we're not bringing them the fuck over here. Then they would turn into really powerful problems. (laughs) We're just going to leave them on Earth where they're problems and they're problems we have to deal with. Don't get me wrong. But there are, like, lesser problems.
1: Yeah, I, I guess that does make more sense. It's just... It's silly. It's very silly.
2: Hearing this decision, Rantau goes back to the living world, uh, just fighting off Soul Reapers and trying to protect the remaining bounce. And one of those bounce was a widow toddler carrier. <laughs> Eventually, she tells him to run away so that she can, like buy him some time, and she gives him a pendant and says that it'll help him bring out the hidden power inside of the bounce. Uh, she was captured, exiled, and the thing that she gave the kid allowed the bounce to perfect the doll summoning method. So, it's the thing that allowed Katia, because we know that is the one who literally wrote the book on how to summon a doll, uh, so it started with that thing that she gave him. Back in the present, she asks Katia to remember her, and we do in fact see him like this is the bit where we see him regenerating his trench coat, which I paused and I was, like, pointing at the screen. Aha! <laughs> he did the thing! I, I'm i really
1: glad we have solved the mystery of Karya and the regenerating trench coat. This is... He, I, I would have not been satisfied with this arc if we didn't solve this mystery.
2: He literally just throws his trench coat off and then regenerates a new one. Perfect. Disposable trench coats. <laughs> Uh, She insists that she's going to save him, and- Well, she says she's going to save the Bounce, and he's like, Well, I'm the only one left. Good job. And she's like, Well, fine, I'm going to fucking save you. And then she shoots him. But he blasts her with wind, and the episode ends with a visual of her gun flying through the air.
1: It doesn't seem like she's doing a very good job of saving him.
2: Yeah, well, I guess he is saying that he's going to destroy the entirety of of the Serete. Potentially including himself.
1: (laughs) Yeah... I I don't know. I have very mixed feelings on this. Uh, like a a lot of the episode was like pretty good, uh, but also a lot of the episode was just like setup and filler, basically.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna wait until Bleach actually disappoints me like next week because I feel I have like a sneaking suspicion that it will before I pass judgment on this episode.
1: Yeah, uh, considering I do, like, I I know I've said this before, I remember where this goes, like, pretty alright, uh, and I, I'm not gonna say how you're gonna feel one way or another, I, I'm just gonna say I am very curious what the reaction is going to be, because this, this season sure does end! (laughs) It really does! Uh, we've, we've got... Uh, I guess we should probably cover the post-credits bit, but uh, we we have two weeks left of this arc, uh, and then we are beginning our journey into Arankar Avenue. Uh, we, we've only got two more weeks of this.
2: We're almost entirely out of Mount Town.
1: Almost. We're almost there.
2: So the post credit scene is at the like hot pot cookout that we see uh, when Yisana shows up to talk to Toshiro. Uh, we see that Rangiku has made a bunch of food, and at Odahime's request, she's added bean paste to everything. <laughs> it tastes disgusting. Also, Shuhei was conned into helping her.
1: It's a bit. Like, I, I, this one was funnier than the cone one, but, like, it's a bit.
2: Yeah, they're not really winners this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, unfortunate, but at least they're not, like, offensively bad either, you know? I suppose, yeah. God, uh, I, I, part of me is, like, I wish we had more time with this arc, as in, I, I wish, you know, things had more time to develop, but, like, I'm also kind of glad it's coming to an end in the next couple weeks, because I am getting kind of bored with it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Also, listeners, if you want to send in questions for Bountown, uh, by the time you hear this, you'll probably have, like, a week or less left before we record the end. So... Let us know. I mean,
1: if you're listening on the day this episode goes up, which should be Tuesday the 28th, uh, you'll have a little under two weeks, uh, because we do record on Sundays, and then the episode goes up, like, the Tuesday right after that. Uh, But, you know, you you will have time. Uh, Our email is IWO at... uh, (laughs) Fuck! IWO bleach. I can say we'll get there. I'll get there. (laughs) IWO bleachcast at gmail.com is our email. Uh, We've already received a question, uh, which I'm very grateful for. Thank you for sending that in. But if you have more questions or like thoughts on the season, if you've been watching along with us, or if you've just been listening and you know you have some input or anything, please, please, please send us an email. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to, you know communicate with the small community we have uh you know it, it, it'd be it would be a good time uh we're we're probably when that uh season finale hits we're probably going to do both those episodes and i don't know that it's going to be a longer episode or not but we are probably going to be discussing both uh bounce seasons as a whole uh and you know talk about what we liked what we didn't like but uh you know we're we're almost there We're we're almost to the Aroncar Arcs, which is going to make up about, you know, half this podcast, but, you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? Guess I should probably uh, end the episode, huh?
2: (laughs) I mean, we're like two-thirds of the way there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we sure are. Uh, As as always, you can find the show on Twitter, at BleachCast. You can find me on Twitter, at Lavender underscore Pause.
2: And you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ.
1: Thanks as always for listening. I hope y'all have a great week. Stay cool, Chads.
2: But dreams come through stone and walls, light up dark rooms, or dark and light ones, and their persons make their exits and their entrances as they please, and laugh at locksmiths.
1: I don't know what to make of this one. I, I got I got nothing. Oh!
3: I'm a little a little